Grace, mercy, and peace to you, and from our Lord, and from our God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we've come to yet another beginning of a church year, as we've heard. We, we've come to the beginning of another season of Advent. We, become to, we come to the beginning of another time when the church not only prepares itself for the celebration of Christmas, Jesus' first Advent, when he came as a child, but as today's readings remind us, we also prepare for Jesus' second coming, his second Advent, when he comes again in glory. Of course, I don't know about you, but it seems like the wider world to me is always one step ahead of this of us this time of year, having already put up Christmas decorations and store displays and playing Christmas music weeks ago. But it's here in the church that Advent is considered a season, not just an elongated Christmas season. Yes, we are looking forward to celebrating Jesus' birth, and that's partly what Advent is about. But this month-long season also reminds us that our unique Christian hope, our unique Christian joy, is that we are looking forward to the day when our Lord returns and he ushers in the beginning of our resurrected life with him. That's what this season is about, that longing for, that expectation of Jesus' joyous return for believers. I'll be honest, though, that in the church today, our genuine longing for and joyful expectation of Jesus' return seems to be somewhat lacking. And I'm not pointing the finger at any one group or denomination or even person. I know I'm guilty of this myself. I mean, how often does it cross our minds on a daily basis that today could be the day that Jesus returns? And if it is today, or if at least it could be, then does that affect the way we're working and living in this world? In today's gospel reading, Jesus tells us to stay awake at least three separate times, to be ready for his imminent return. But so often in life, it seems more like we're sleepwalking than staying awake. And perhaps we'd like to do better. We'd like to be better prepared. We may even promise to do so at least every Advent season. But then all the cares and all the concerns and all the seasons of life seem to take over once again. And we find it difficult to keep that focus. We may even over time be tempted to begin to wonder, well, does it even matter? Does it even matter? Why stay awake at all. Well, the season of Advent is this time of the year that is carved out for our benefit to remind us once again why it's important for us to stay vigilant for Jesus' return and how we should live until that day comes. So today I'd like to share with you three reasons why it's important we stay awake, and then I'll share with you a great promise from God. That enables us to even be able to do so. The first reason why it's important for us to stay awake, to remain vigilant for our Lord's return, is that because otherwise we could be putting ourselves in spiritual danger. If we fail to look for Jesus' return in our lives, then there is a real danger to our faith, and we could even find ourselves falling away from our faith entirely. 
How many parables have we heard the past several weeks told by Jesus that have indicated this very thing? The workers in the vineyard who mistook their master's delay in coming back, and so they began to think he wouldn't ever come back, and so they began to co-opt the vineyard. Or the five foolish virgins who failed to bring oil for the bridegroom's impending return. Or the servant who hid his talent in the ground, not thinking that he would actually have to answer to his master when he came back. Or the goats on the Lord's left who failed to see their master, even in the least of these, his brothers. In each of these cases, it wasn't that those people didn't know that their master or that the Lord was coming back. It's that they did know, but they chose not to wait. Or over time, they gave up waiting altogether. If we give up waiting for Jesus' return, then we open ourselves up to a whole host of harmful things. We may open ourselves up to, to distractions. We see the world flying by, and then we begin to place an inordinate amount of value on things like money or possessions or pleasures. When in the end, those things don't have any eternal value. Or we may open ourselves up to temptations, that we grow comfortable in our sins, not seeing any need to repent or redirect, not thinking that anyone will actually hold us accountable for these sins. If we fail to stay awake, then there is real spiritual danger. Jesus isn't speaking false or hollow words of warning when he's sharing with us those parables of the unfaithful servants who are put to death. Or the door that is closed on the foolish virgins. Or the miserable servant that's cast out into eternal darkness. Or the goats that are sent away into eternal punishment. It's a true reality. It's a stark reality. Losing sight of our Lord's return causes us to be potentially in a situation where we can slowly drift away from our faith over time. And that's a reality that Jesus does not desire for us. Hence his warning, stay awake. The second reason why it's important for us to stay awake is that otherwise we can easily forget what it is we've been given to do in the meantime. In today's mini parable in the gospel reading, Jesus compares us to servants in a master's house where the servants are put in charge while the master is on a journey, each with his work. Well, we have all been given our own work to do. Generally speaking, speaking, we as human beings have been given this world and all creation to care for and to work for. We have also been given charge of our neighbors to love and care for and serve them, each person that God has placed in our lives. And each of us have all been given our various vocations, as a spouse, as a child, as a student, as a citizen, as a next-door neighbor, as an employee, as an employer, and so on. None of us have to wonder, well, what does God intend for me to spend today doing? There's no guesswork involved. You only have to ask yourself, where has God placed me and who has God placed around me? And you'll have your answer. And as each of us are tending to those vocations of care and service that God has given us, we know that in those vocations, we are also ambassadors for the gospel. 
We don't have to awkwardly twist or wrangle situations in order to find opportunities to share the love of God in Jesus Christ. We can share the gospel with the people and in the situations that God has already provided. It's parents sharing with children, with uh, sharing Jesus, or friends sharing with friends, or family sharing with family. Oftentimes we think evangelism means you have to go knock on a stranger's door and ask them if they believe in Jesus. And while that might be true for some people, the much more likely scenario is that you already know the faces of the people that God wants you to share his love with. It's your children. It's your grandchildren, your elderly parent, your neighbor, your coworker, your friend. But you see, when we forget that our Lord is returning, we may forget that we have been given work to do in the meantime. And so we may end up like servants who allow their master's house to go to ruin or or our tasks to fall by the wayside or our master's name to be dishonored in his absence. We forget that he is going to come back or worse, we know that he is, but we choose not to care. Instead, we should view each day as another day and another opportunity to get done what God wants us to get done in preparation for that day. And we don't get paralyzed by thinking about all the work that there is out there in the world to do, because there is a lot. But that's not our job to worry about that. That's God's job. He will take care of the big picture. Instead, we have each and every one of us been given our small sliver of tasks, our vocations, which is plenty enough for each day. The third reason why it's important for us to stay awake is because otherwise we might be tempted to forget that the ultimate victory over all things belongs to Jesus and that Jesus is planning to bring that victory fully to bear on the last day. But if we forget that he has won that victory, the first time he came to this earth, then we may begin to think that either this world and its people don't matter or that the world is lost anyway. And so what's the use in trying? Just taking a look around the world, you can see why someone might slip into that mindset because it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence what we see going on, does it? Stop me if this sounds familiar. War around the world and in the Middle East An up and down economy, political tensions and infighting, secular society running rampant, concerns for the next generation and their faith, loads of sickness and weakness and death. It would be tempting at the beginning of yet another Advent season to look around and come to the conclusion that the more things seem to change, the more things seem to stay the same. But if we do that, if we allow ourselves to become dismayed or discouraged by the way that evil and human sin and the schemes of the devil seem to win more often than not, then we slip into a mindset that is harmful for our faith. We allow ourselves to forget that Jesus is planning to come back again and he is bringing all of his victory over all things, over the devil, over sin, over death itself. We heard last week Pastor Tom share the last enemy to be defeated is death itself, and that victory is certain. But if we lose sight of that, then we may begin asking the question, 
What's the use in trying? I'm just going to circle the wagons with my family or with my church and just wait for the end of my life to come. But that's not the outlook that we as Christians are called to have. And that's not the type of activity that we as Christians are called to do. We are called to stay awake because we remember that Jesus is coming back. And he's not coming back to help us abandon this world and leave it behind. No, Jesus is coming back in victory to redeem and restore this world as well as us and all things. Jesus has already won the victory by his first advent, by his life, death, and resurrection. And he ascended to the right hand of God the Father where he is currently ruling all things until the day he comes again at his second advent. And again, not to abandon what he has done here on earth, but to complete it, to perfect it, to bring all things with him into eternal life. And if Jesus so values this world and its people that he is coming again to bring it into the resurrection with him, then shouldn't we so value this world and its people as well? And this then gets us to that promise that I mentioned earlier, that God gives us, that enables us to be able to do any of these things in the first place, that enables us to be able to stay awake. And the promise is this. It's going to sound obvious, perhaps, But it's absolutely crucial for us to understand that the one who is returning, the master who who promises to come back, the one for whom we are staying awake is Jesus. That's the promise. That That Jesus promises that he is the one who will return again. And the reason why that is so important to understand is because we realize That we are not waiting for a harsh and unforgiving master who's going to call us out on the carpet for all of our sins. Nor are we waiting for some kind of weak or measly ruler who will try his best at corralling enemies when he returns. No, we are waiting for the almighty, all-powerful creator of the universe who 2,000 years ago made the loving choice to step out from heaven into our world, who was born as a human child, who grew and lived a perfect and gracious life, who took our place at his cross, who rose again and brings us peace and life with God and who reminds us that his resurrection is the guarantee of our resurrection to come. And so it's this loving and sacrificing and generous and powerful Jesus who knows you by name and calls you his own. He is the one who is coming again, not someone else. And because you know it's this Jesus you do look forward to that day, the day of your own resurrection. As thankful as we are knowing that when we die, we will be with Jesus in heaven, that's not the day that Jesus tells us to look forward to. The day of our death is not our ultimate Christian hope. The day of our resurrection is our ultimate Christian hope. 
the day when Jesus returns, the day of our resurrected life in the new heavens and the new earth. Scripture is always pointing us forward to the resurrection time and time again. It's what Jesus in our gospel reason, a gospel reading uh, tells us to look forward to, to stay awake for. It's the day when he returns and raises us up. And that encourages us in our lives here on earth when the fight is fierce and the warfare is long, knowing that we are looking forward to the certain day when we in our own flesh will see Jesus face to face. And we are certain that until that day, that Jesus keeps us certain in those promises and none of his promises have ever failed. And neither will this one. Until that day, we don't see Jesus face to face. And that's hard. It requires faith. But even so, even in these days, until that day, Jesus is here. He is providing for us. He is giving us everything we need. Advent means arrival. And even before his second advent, Jesus is always adventing. He is always arriving in his chosen means. In his word, in the announcement of the forgiveness of sins, in the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We wouldn't be able to stay awake at all if it were not for Jesus coming to us here and now. And Jesus comes to us in these multiple ways to be truly and essentially connected to each and every one of us. He is always giving of himself to us so that we may always stay ready for his return. You see, because of his first advent 2,000 years ago and all of those little advents that are continually taking place through his means of grace, we are confident in the promise of his second advent. We are always looking forward to, we always stay awake for, we are always ready for his return. When faith will no longer be needed because faith will finally give way to sight. And until then, We do genuinely expect and joyfully long for his return. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.